Hello, and welcome to Becoming Your Own Best Friend, a show about self-esteem with your host, Randy Havison. In this show, we're going to be talking about self-esteem, what it is, how to build it, and how to get rid of the obstacles that get in the way of our success. So join me now as we explore Becoming Your Own Best Friend. Today, we are going to talk about improving self-esteem and other things that you can do starting like right now uh, in order to start feeling better about who you are, where you fit in the world, getting rid of that negative self-talk and all those things that keep you from really being that person that you want to be, from being your own best friend. So, you know, I've talked about this before, but I want to kind of go over it a little bit for those who might be tuning in just now. One of my theories is that our society tells us that ego and self-esteem are linked together, that they're the same thing, that if we have the right number on a scale, if we look a certain way, if we have the right label on our shirt, um, all those external things, our GPA, our zip code, uh, our salary, those are the things that define who we are. And the more, the better they are, the better we can feel about ourselves. That if we don't have those things, that in some way means we're less than. So while our society tells us that they're the same thing, I believe that ego and self-esteem are actually on opposite ends of a continuum. That when we reinforce ego, we deny our self-esteem. When we build our self-esteem, we deny our, our ego. So that's what the whole goal of this is, to move down that continuum towards a higher sense of self-esteem so we can feel better about who we are and where we fit in the world. So that's the whole goal here. You know, one of the things that I like to talk about in improving self-esteem is getting rid of the things that don't work for us. Because it's almost like going for a hike with 50 pounds of rocks in a backpack. You know, it, we can still do the hike, but it's going to keep us from really going as fast as we want to go. It's going to drain our energy more. It's going to take more energy to, to move down the path. So by getting rid of some of the rocks in the backpack or getting rid of the backpack altogether, we're able to have a, a better experience hiking. So that's the whole goal here, to get rid of the negative so that it leaves more room and energy for the positive to come in. One of the theories that I have is that all of us have this hole inside of us. And I think this hole begins to be developed somewhere around middle school. You know, if you look before that, you know, let's, let's, Use as an example, if I went to a kindergarten class and I asked all the, the little four and five-year-olds who were in there, hey, who knows how to draw? How many hands go in the air? All of them, right? Oh, 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 I know how to draw. I know how to draw. If I said, who here knows how to sing? Oh, I know how to sing. Everybody raises their hand. They all know how to sing. But if I went into a middle school class and I said, who in here knows how to draw? People would look at each other and look around the room. Maybe one or two hands would kind of go up just a little bit with a little trepidation. What happened? Why is that? You know, if you ask me today, Randy, can you draw? Yeah, I can draw. In fact, I still draw the same stick figures now that I did when I was in kindergarten. You know, you didn't ask, do I draw well? If you asked if I draw well, the question is, the answer is absolutely not. But can I draw? Yes. Can I sing? Yes. I sing so well in the shower, in the car. I love my singing there. But would I get up on stage and sing in front of people? Probably not. I don't think they would enjoy the experience. I'll do it. But it's not going to have the desired effect of people really enjoying what they're hearing. 
So can I sing? Yes. Can I draw? Yes. Can I do them well? No. So there's a difference between those two. But what happens somewhere around middle school is we start to become self-conscious. We start to think, oh, what are people going to think? I have to conform in order to be okay. Otherwise, I'm going to be different and people are going to point and they're going to look and they're going to laugh at me and, oh my God, what am I going to do? So we develop this, what I call the ego, in what are people going to think? And every time that happens, every time we fall short, every time we have that thought of I'm not good enough, every time we get a B but somebody else gets an A or someone gets a promotion and we don't and we don't understand why, it makes the hole bigger. And the point here is to stop the hole from growing, but also to realize that the hole will always be a part of us. You know, when, when I realized that I wasn't the smartest one in my class, I wasn't the best baseball player, I wasn't the best at the things that I was doing. Back then, I thought that meant I was not good enough. But I didn't put the energy into what I was good at. I always compared myself to others and looked at the things that weren't working for me. So as I did that, I needed to find a way to, to fill the hole. And some people attempt to mask the hole. They try to cover the hole up. They put, you know, they sprinkle perfume on it and say, oh, doesn't this hole smell really good? Well, no, perfume doesn't last forever. Or they try to dress it up so that it looks different from what it is. And really, it's just the hole. So I attempted to fill mine up with alcohol, with drugs, with dating, going out with people that some weren't good for me, some really weren't good for me. So I attempted to fill that hole in so many different ways, but the more I filled the, attempted to fill the hole up, the bigger the hole got. So the trick here and the way to improve self-esteem and the way to let go of the negativity is just to accept that the hole is there and will always be there for the rest of your life. It's not to be feared. It's not something to be embarrassed by because we all have it. You know, it's amazing how many people I talk to say, oh, I was bullied because I was too tall. Oh, I was bullied because I was too short. Oh, I was bullied before because I was heavy. Oh, I was bullied because I was thin. It's like, wait, there's like this perfect little box that we're supposed to fit in so that we can be okay and accepted. And it's just not true. It doesn't have to be that way. It's about accepting ourselves for who we are. You know, am I the tallest? No. Am I the shortest? No. Am I the heaviest? No. Am I the thinnest? No. I'm right in between with everybody else except for very few people. So it's about not comparing ourselves to others. Every time we compare ourselves with someone else, the hole gets bigger. Every time we compare ourselves with ourselves, hey, am I a better person today than I was last month, last year? And if I can honestly say, yes, I am, I've been of service more, I'm learning more about my character defects and what I can do to overcome them. If I can do that, then I feel better about who I am and the hole gets smaller. But my hole, the hole will never completely go away. So it's about accepting that hole for being a part of you. It will always be there. Honor the hole for being there, respect the hole because it has a purpose. It does have positivity to it. It's not all negative. You know, the whole is what makes us more alert in situations. For me, I know when I get on the road uh, and I'm driving, 
I can be a very impatient driver. But one of the things that the hole does, it keeps me more attuned to everything that's going on around me, looking for danger. So I'm looking four cars ahead. I'm looking behind me to the sides of me to see what's going on. This driver over here, do I feel safe with that driver being there? Oh, they're on their cell phone. I need to either slow down or speed up because I don't trust that that person's going to stay in their lane. So that hole allows me to have my senses more acute so that I can be more aware of what's going on around me. So it's not all bad. But the trick is to not make it get bigger and to see what it is that we use to make it larger and just not do that anymore and keep the hole at a smaller size. And when we can do that, we're going to be happier and we're going to be healthier and we're going to be able to live an improved self-esteem life. And that's what we want, improving self-esteem. So the hole is one concept. Another thing that I like to talk about, and I do this a lot, is I talk about the difference between different concepts, some which are ego, some that are more self-esteem, such as the difference between cocky and confident. Um, people who are high in ego tend to be very cocky. Hey, I'm the best at this, and I'm really good at that, and here, let me show you how cool I am, and let me show you how good I am. You know, they come off as very cocky. But people who are confident with who they are don't need to say that. You know, confident people don't need to say, I'm the best person at this job that, than anyone who's ever done this job. That is really cocky. Confident people don't need to talk about how proficient they are at a certain task. That is the work of the ego. People who, you know, if, if you ask me, Randy, are you a, a good speaker when you're on stage in front of people? And I'll say, yeah, you know, I really enjoy being on stage and I, I really love connecting with the audience like that. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I'm a great speaker. You get me up in front of those people and I'm just, oh, ugh. just saying it is like, oh, that's just not me. So it's about finding confidence over cocky. Anytime I feel I have to prove myself to somebody else, that is moving towards ego and that's more of the cocky type of a thing. I have nothing to prove to anybody else, just to me. I want to be the best version of me that I can be. And that's the only thing I need to do. So cocky versus confident is a real good way to look at the difference between ego and self-esteem. And improving self-esteem is about moving more towards the confidence, seeing the things that you do well and, and do them and be proud of yourself and happy for being able to have the talent in that specific area. So that's what it's all about. And not comparing you with anybody else. Oh, I got a 95, but Jim got a 98. That means he's smarter than me. No, it does not. It means that maybe he got a couple more questions right, but that has nothing to do with your intelligence at all. So it's about looking for those things that you do well and being confident in your ability. It's okay to be confident. Another difference is humility versus humiliation. You know, the same thing can happen to two different people and one person is completely humiliated by it and the other person is humbled by it. Example, when my business failed back, oh, what was that, six years ago? Um, Wow, I used to give that so much weight. And now it's like, wait, how long ago was that? <sighs> because now it's in the past and I've learned my lessons from it and I get to move on. But back when it first happened, I was humiliated by the fact that my business closed. 
Oh my God, what are people gonna think? What does this say about me? My business failed, so that means that I'm a failure. And I realize now that that's just not true. That's not true at all. You know, just because my business failed does not make me a failure. That was one part of my life. It wasn't the entity of my life. So being humbled by it, wow, that was a really humbling experience. What can I learn from this? That's completely different. That's humility. Humility is realizing I'm a fallible person. I'm going to make mistakes. But when I make a mistake, I'm going to learn from that so that I don't make the same mistake again. So that's what humility is all about. And when we can be in more a state of humility and being humble, that's going to serve us much better than being in a state of humiliation and feeling like, oh, what are people going to think? Anytime we have that thought, what are people going to think? We lose. And that's more the work of the ego rather than self-esteem. So those are some of the differences between the two. Um, Confidence versus cocky, humility versus humiliation. So those are some real good ways to start looking at how you're viewing yourself, how you're judging yourself. You know, judging yourself is, is usually a really bad idea because whenever we judge ourselves, we usually find ourselves to have shortcomings and coming up, you know, on the negative end of that. So it's not about judging ourselves. It's about evaluating. You know, how is this working out for me? Is there something that I can do better? And when we can do that, we're going to feel better and we're going to improve our self-esteem. Those are some simple things that you can do. Some other really simple things that you can do are to look for ways to connect with yourself and to do things to exercise and nourish the four parts of self, the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And when we can do those things, we're going to raise our self-esteem and feel better. Just like we nourish and exercise our physical self, when we do it in a positive way, we feel healthier. When we do it in a negative way, we don't have as much energy and we're not as healthy. And it's the same for the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. When we exercise and nourish the other parts of self in a healthy way, we feel better about who we are. We have more energy throughout our day. So that's the trick here, to get to the point where we're exercising and nourishing ourselves on a regular basis in a healthier way, and we are going to feel better about who we are. So those are some little tips that you can use for a happier, healthier life. So, you know, I just thought of a story that I think illustrates part of what we're talking about here in improving self-esteem, letting go of what other people think um, and all that. So it's the story of the stonecutter. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but I love this story. The story of the stonecutter is one day there was a stonecutter in an ancient land and his job was being by the side of a mountain, chiseling the stone and getting the chunks of stone and taking it into town and selling it. And that's how he made money for his family. So one day he's out and he's carving his stone. He's a stone cutter and he's out there and it's hot. And he's thinking, oh, this is so miserable. I can't believe that I'm a lowly stone cutter. That's such a horrible, lowly job. What are people going to think of me just being a stone cutter? And then all of a sudden he looked and here comes the prince. He's being carried by four men. He's in a golden carriage and he's being held and he has people to fan him and he's eating grapes and drinking wine. And he looks so wonderful being on his chair as he's going through the town and the stonecutters looking said, you know, if only I could be the prince. If I were the prince, then I'd really be something. I would really have power. Oh, I'd be so pleased if only I could be the prince. And boom, he was the prince. 
and he's sitting there in the chair and he has a, some wine and he's eating his grapes and, and people are fanning him. But even though he's being fanned, he's so hot. And he thought, you know, I thought that I was something being the prince, but you know, the sun, if only I could be the sun, then I would really have power. Then people would really look at me and say, wow, this is something spectacular to, to see. And boom, he became the sun. And he was looking down at the earth. And sometimes he would scorch the fields and other times he would lean back and, and he would just create like a very pleasant day for people. And he loved his power and being able to have that kind of control and for people to look up to him. Until one day, this thing came between him and the earth that blocked his rays. And he thought, what is this thing that's blocking me? What is it that's more powerful than the sun? What is it that control that? You know what? That's a cloud. If only I could be the cloud, then I would truly be something and people would look up to me. Well, yeah, because it's a cloud. I didn't mean that. See, people would really see my power and they would think that I was something. And poof, he became the cloud. And he realized as the cloud, sometimes he could block the sun and people would enjoy his shade. But other times he could rain down on people and, and he could control how much he did. And he thought that he really had power. He really was something. But all of a sudden he was raining on a field and all of a sudden he started to move, but he didn't want to move. What is it that's moving this cloud? What is it that has more strength and power than a cloud? And he realized it was the wind. And he thought, you know, if only I could be the wind, then I would truly be something. People would really look up to me and they would think that I was something. And poof, he became the wind. And as the wind, sometimes he could create a gentle breeze. And sometimes he could create hurricanes and tornadoes and wreak havoc on the earth. And he really loved how he had that power and control until one day he came up against something. And he thought, what is this that can stop the wind? And he realized it was the mountain. He thought, oh, if only I was the mountain, then I would truly be something. People would look to me and say, wow, look at that mountain. If only I could be the mountain, then I would have power. Then I would really be something. And poof, he became the mountain. And he stood there in all of his wonder. And he looked around at all the people who were looking at him with such awe. But down at his base, he looked down and there was someone down there chiseling and carving and cutting away at the stone, the stone cutter. How many times do we want to be something different from what we are? Oh, if only I was like that. If only I could do this. If only I was that. The trick is to be okay with who you are, where you are today, right now. And when we can do that, then we can move forward. If we already see ourselves five, five steps down the road, we're losing sight of where we are right now. You know, people ask me all the time, are you always happy? And I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, because I'm honest with who I am and how I'm feeling. And to be totally honest, I probably have like 15 bad days a year. So 350 days a year, yes, I am happy and enjoying my life and everything that it has to offer. I walk to each day with gratitude. I walk to each day wondering what I can do to be of service to others, uh, finding humility in the things that I do, and I'm happy. Is life perfect? Absolutely not. Is that hole still there? Yes. Do I still sometimes get caught up? 
in cocky. No, I don't think I do cocky anymore. But sometimes I get caught up in humiliation. Sometimes I'll find myself doing that. Because you know what? It's not about being perfect. I don't have perfect self-esteem. I doubt I ever will. Maybe one day, I don't know, but not today. So I still have some ego, but I have much more self-esteem than I have ego. And my hope as you watch these or listen to these, and as you start to practice this path on your own, that you're going to move up that continuum and feel better about who you are. Take that pressure off yourself. It's not about being perfect. It's not about always being in control. It's about being teachable. And it's about knowing that I don't have all the answers. What can I do in order to feel better about who I am and, and my place in life? So as I wrap up, I did say that I was going to give a shout out today. So Sam and Sophia, hi. Um, if you're watching this, just want to give you a little shout out and say you guys are awesome. And I hope that you really do understand how awesome you are. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope you got something out of this today. And I look forward to being with you next week when we talk again.